Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey, filmmakers, Jason Brubaker talking to you from sunny Southern California. Welcome to today's show. Um, You know, at this point, Tom Malloy, I'm just going to say that you're going to be with us for most of these shows. You teach a lot of really good courses over at Filmmaking Stuff HQ. And my gosh, you know, I was thinking about it the other day and we've been working together since I guess, you know, I I think I I looked at your Wikipedia, by the way, it says like 2000, I think 13 or something. We started working together. Wow. Wow. It might have been before that, though. I think so. I think we did the, it went formally in 2013, but before that we were putting products out together. Um, yeah, we'll have to look and see when, when I spoke, because it was at CBS Radford and you were speaking there and I was speaking there. So man, many, many memories, man. A lot of changes mm-hmm. in the film industry since that time, you know, looking back on things and, you know, we have a really exciting show. So last week, if you tuned in, you heard that Tom and outside of the work he does with us over here at filmmaking stuff HQ, um, Tom runs like, I, I keep making the joke, like four or five companies, but I don't think that's too far from the truth. Uh, <laughs> and, and last week's episode was great because you brought some folks from your distribution company over talking yeah. about the can market that's coming up here. Uh, when are you leaving? Like two days or something like that? Two days. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You got everything going? You ready? I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, talk about packing. I mean, you can't, this is going to be audio only, but behind me is a suitcase of just equipment and stuff right there <laughs> and then i'm actually for the first time in my life i'm usually a last minute packer type person but my entire everything is packed and i'm two days two days before which is interesting i don't know why this year maybe as i'm getting older i'm getting more planning oh man it's like a thing though i think if you if you pack um you know last minute planner if you've been traveling a lot you're usually pretty good at it but i i like the fact that you're on top of these things man i, I think that's maturity so yeah. you got the can market coming up and then i assume you guys have a lot of meetings on the books oh yeah <laughs> like well as of now and it, it doesn't start till um till tuesday the 17th i think we have 60 60 something 63 or so so i'd like to get that in the 70s mid 70s because we'll we'll follow up with all the buyer lists and stuff like that before uh we go a couple more times and then even rob my head of worldwide sales will follow up with buyers as we're at the market you know hey still got five days left you know that type of thing so we'll get those numbers up and that doesn't even count the walk-ins because you know as it's i've not to make this whole can episode but it's a big trade show type floor it's not like afm where everybody's in hotel rooms it's a big floor so people just walk up to your booth hey you know it's like i'm a buyer from spain you know that type of thing so. that's awesome man and and i think that does you know lend itself to our topic today because the the industry's changing and the reason you go to can or any of these film markets is you know if you're hearing the term film market for the first time it's really like Tom described, it's just a trade show. You have a product that you're either buying or selling, period. There's buyers, there's sellers, and that product is motion picture content. Um, and the way that you know after you make a sale, that and I'm kind of I'm gonna get a little bit nerdy and technical, and we're not gonna unpack this too much today, but I want to sort of get this conversation going. What we're really talking about is rights management. So when you create a if when you create a feature film, 
Mm-hmm. You you start off and you, uh, assuming you got all your agreements signed and everything, uh, you as the producer would have the rights to that content. Then you work with the company like Tom's company, uh, where you license out certain rights. And then Tom's company goes on to, you know, I, I want to say sell rights, but you're really licensing again. So Filmmaker gives you the rights to go out and um, do business with their content so that everybody wins. Um, is that making sense or did I just get too nerdy for a sec? No, no, that's, it's great. You know, it's, it's, um, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, so I get, I, are you leading into something with the rights management? Or you you know exactly where I'm leading with this <laughs> uh, because we might've uh, already kind of tipped the hat. We might yeah. have an outline here in terms of how we're going to go with uh, today's show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to give this context, right? Rights management. I want that to get in every listener's mind because, you know, from, you as a filmmaker you're making a movie right and that has a certain like gravitas to it a certain emotional thing but when you do a deal with a distributor or sales agent you become one of many um, motion pictures in that particular professional's catalog to where they're out and and they're selling things Um, I'm just going to hop into it so rights management is typically done just like Tom's doing him and his company are going to the can Uh, they have these great relationships with people there's going to be rights exchange but let's say uh, Tom makes a deal uh, for my movie. I made a movie. Tom and I are in business together. Um, we're not yet. Uh, we should, though. I'll make a movie, and Tom, you, you can distribute it. But uh, so Tom has, a, I give Tom the permission to take this film to market. He's going to go make it. And, and somebody from Germany has expressed interest that they want uh, the subscription video on demand rights for Germany for six months. Okay, so now Tom has sold, you've made a deal with my motion picture, you've licensed those rights to this particular entity within Germany. Well, now you still have the same motion picture and you have all these other countries where these rights can be licensed to. So you can take the same product and sell it over and over and over again. It's a loose analogy in real estate, you know, they sell timeshares. It's like one hotel room, but you can sell it, I don't know, 52 times a year because there's 52 weeks in a year. So Where I'm going with this, though, is traditionally rights management has been a huge pain in the ass. There's a lot of middlemen. Um, Hopefully, when you're working with these middlemen like Tom, they're actually doing what they say they're going to do and they work hard, which I know you do, Tom. But, But things are changing in the sense that we've all heard about blockchain. We've all heard about cryptocurrency. And if you've been watching the news, you've probably heard this thing called an NFT. And um you know, recently, and, and I always say like media kind of follows media, but most recently, uh, I saw this headline the other day that the Chainsmokers, it's, it's a group, it, it's a rock band, uh, the, cha- the Chainsmokers released an album, but they did an NFT drop. And for the first 5,000 fans that buy into the NFT, they are going to get 1% of the royalties from this album, anybody that owns that NFT. And that's kind of where I wanted to focus our conversation, Tom, because, you know, that's this sort of thing is it's the future. Um, I think it's the evolution of crowdfunding. It's the evolution of rights management. It's the evolution of like just getting media into the world. Um, But this idea of like rewarding your fan base and also being able to like pay out royalties, you know, through technology is just nuts to me. Okay. So, so I guess uh, let's unpack that for a second. So (laughs) what's an NFT? I was going to say, but we yeah, start yeah, with what yeah. is an NFT? I, like, it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, before you go too deep down the rabbit hole. Um, it's funny. I have these gold-plated cards from Cannes, 
uh, that I got. It's, you know, to tie everything together. See these gold and they're, they're supposed to be at least they say that they're in, there's a pieces of 18 karat gold and playing cards, deck of cards. But with them come this certificate right here. And, uh, and on the other side, it says it's certificate of gold plated foil and authenticity of certificate of those cards. So it's real, right? You're meaning that, that these are the cards, right? Like you have a collector's item. You go yeah. into Pawn Stars, just to use that analogy. You remember that, that TV show Pawn Stars where people go in? Pawn, Pawn Stars, yeah. Pawn. yeah. I'm yeah. from rural Pennsylvania. We say things yeah. different. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's good. Well, but, but how do yeah. they figure out if something's real? It's real. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And this certificate of authenticity, right? And so at the most basic level, that's what it is. It's, an, it's a certificate that's going to say that you own that and it, it'll be a digital address. And let's even back it up more for the people that don't know what a blockchain is. A blockchain is a ledger keeping track of all the um, the exchanges and the di the digital it's a digital ledger that keeps track of everything that goes on right with those and so meaning I part of that ledger the smart contract if you were to buy an nft will go on to this and if for the purposes of this we're talking about an ethereum blockchain where they'll go on and it'll say Jason Brubaker owns this image right um jason Brubaker owns one of the nfts from the chain smokers and the best part about a blockchain and why there's there's a lot of it being done is it's irreversible once it's on the blockchain it always stays there if i then jason sells it to me that's on the blockchain and i sell it to somebody else on the blockchain and would also not to go crazier but what jason's talking about with rights management it, there's there's a lot of ways to look at this but with rights management is that can be programmed into that digital file so if you were a creator of art, right? And you made a JPEG or something like that. And you have it defined in there, in that contract that you're getting 5% royalties on every sale. I buy it for $1,000. Jason buys it for me for $10,000. Somebody buys it for Jason for a million dollars, blah, blah, blah. Every single time that creator automatically gets that 5% because it's in the contract. There's no way around it. He doesn't have to chase it. She doesn't have to chase it, you know, emailing, hey, can I get my 5%? Nothing. It's automatically part of the exchange. And so that's, I think, for creators, in breaking this down at the most basic level, and I'm not talking about value-add stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. That is why NFTs make a lot of sense, um, you know, and you say, well, it's just a JPEG image. Can I have, can I get the same image? Okay, yeah, I can go take a picture of the Mona Lisa. Is it the same as Mona Lisa? No, you know, and I don't own it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, 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 digital kind of rights manager for you owning whatever it could be a video clip could be a jpeg it could be vector art could be whatever it is does that make yeah. sense oh yeah and and i'll you know i'll get it back in the realm of filmmaking so um so i make a movie and somebody bootlegs it and puts it on youtube like that can still happen and that person could be like i have a copy of the movie yeah you have a copy of the movie but you don't have uh, you're, you're not linked to the underlying rights to that movie and without getting into piracy and all that kind of stuff which we can unpack i think in future episodes and how nfts can actually help prevent some of that kind of stuff yeah um because you can actually authenticate whether or not like like i'll use that example youtube could authenticate whether or not that's a real copy of the movie and that person who put it up there has the rights by looking at the underlying contract yeah, yeah. and yeah. and that's what we're talking about here yes you can have a jpeg of the mona lisa but you do not have any linkage to the actual contract that could get you paid in a legitimate way and, and using that example, maybe not the Mona Lisa, but something maybe a little bit newer, uh, Picasso, right? Picasso is not with us anymore, but Picasso paintings still sell out on the secondary market. 
if they were linked to an NFT, whoever had, I don't know, rights to the estate, even if, even if a Picasso sold at a garage sale 20 years from now, I'm all over the place with these analogies, but theoretically, when that transaction takes place at that yard sale, because it'll be linked to the NFT, whomever owns the underlying like rights to that estate gets a piece of that action. Yeah, Unless, well, and course, Picasso's putting his sells. stuff. His estate is putting his stuff in the NFT. I don't know if you know that, but that and that's that might have been what brought you made it very. But they are making NFTs of some of the art for Picasso. Funny enough, but you know, I also equate it to like Snow White, the cells in Snow White. There was a million or so st- cells that they they started um, and put a market for, it, and people can buy them. And now they're worth about thirty thousand bucks a pop. You know what I mean? Like so. The key is that, yeah, you can take that, you can snap, screenshot that, you know, but you don't actually own the cell from Snow White unless you own the cell from Snow White. So this is kind of like owning a digital cell. But what's also exciting, like I pointed out this DVD to you that it just recently is a Blu-ray, actually. Tom is but holding I, a Blu-ray, if you remember what those are, in his exactly, hand. Exactly, a Blu-ray. Because, no, there's still a market. I know, I know. Still, well, you can talk about that DVDs, some more, though. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm making uh, a joke, but there is still a market for Blu-rays. still market, especially with Walmart. But imagine, though, you know, and you could buy, I could buy a movie and own it on iTunes, which I have several, you know, some might just go, I just want to have it, you know, Avengers or whatever. So, but imagine then them being able to update it and add stuff to it. So imagine if you own a thing of a movie, an NFT, and then there was things called drops where they'll just drop some new stuff on there. You know what I mean? And then like, so for only the NFT people, you can just go, you're going to add some stuff and then boom. So suddenly that movie changed. Imagine that on a Blu-ray or DVD, suddenly there's new stuff in it. And it was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And that's more of the utilities that NFTs can do. I always, you know, another way I was thinking about it when I was first learning is like, we're really talking about the Willy Wonka ticket, you know, to get it, if you watch that or read that book, you got the golden ticket, it gets Mm -hmm. you into the factory, but it also, you own a piece of the factory if that's how it was originally set up. And what you're talking about getting in the factory is what's called a value add. And that's what's also exciting. So like these people that change smokers at 5,000, they might get a special concert just for the people that own that. Uh, we talk about it with movies. If you get the NFTs for these, like the first thousand NFT holders get to go to the premiere, you know, or something like that. So those th- type of things are also what can be done because they can't be transferred. You, I can't cut and paste it to you and then we both get into the premiere. No, it's like, it's linked to me. Here's my digital code. Boom. And that's how it works. It's really for securing stuff like that in the future, but there's so many opportunities. I mean, it's, it's beyond exciting. And I know this is a, typically these episodes, we try to keep them around 15 minutes on a long day. And so there's so much to unpack. So if you're a listener and we're just kind of like giving you some concepts that you haven't thought about before, or maybe you have thought about it and you're like, oh, I got this idea and this idea, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, you know, we have a Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. Find us. We'd love to talk more. We'd love to know what your questions are about yeah. NFTs. And, and I know, Tom, you have a few more things. So no, no, I was just going to say is that we can also say, it, because I could go on forever on these, if if listeners, if this is something, because this is kind of a new area for us, if this is something that they go, I want to learn more about this, I think then, then, yeah, exactly what you're going into. Send more questions and we'll do future episodes specific to that. I want to ask you something too, Tom, and, and I know I know you're working on some stuff behind the scenes that you're not at liberty to talk about, but um, let me let me just ask uh, this question. So, so NFTs, the future of film finance, the future of distribution, what's that landscape look like to you? Uh, start with the finance side and, and you don't have to go into much detail on some of the stuff you're working on. Well, you could add value to something. Let's just say it was the next big Avengers movie, you know, big Marvel movie, let's say. And somehow you 
uh, you, you let a hundred thousand cells of, a, you know, which are JPEGs or something like that of the movie. And so you own, let's think back to the, you own, I mean, imagine how much the uh, image of Captain America picking up Thor's hammer would be where, you know, many people would bid to go. I exclusively own the rights to that picture, you know, and now, that might be where they're going now. Of course, Universal or, or um, Marvel or Disney or something like that, they're going to have to, that's going to have to be worked out, you know, what, what stuff they give away and what stuff they don't. But there's definitely a collectible side. There's definitely, we're also talking about a value-add side. The people that own this NFT get this stuff. They get this exclusive content. They get to go to these events and stuff like that. And so, and then there's also that third utility side where, you could, you know, it's giving you something uh, that they're adding value. I guess that goes on the whole value add thing, but and then the security of it all. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and is there a place like I, I mentioned at the beginning of this there? I think it's like crowdfunding, you know, that concept, but you take it to the next level. So let's use your Marvel example. Uh, Marvel decides, you know, we're going to do something here. We're going to try to fund as much of this film as we can. We know from experience that there's I don't know. I don't, I couldn't tell you how many frames there are in a movie, but like a two hour movie, any idea? 24. It's 24 uh, frames a second. So 24 times 60 seconds in a minute and then times how many minutes, uh, 120 minutes is two hours. So that's 172,800, you know? All right. So you sell, you could sell, you could pre, and we're being conceptual here, Mm -hmm. but conceivably you could pre-sell frames of the movie based on that kind of metric right there, Mm -hmm. give or take. Um, and suddenly you have the ability to test the market, uh, to get funding in the bank and, and go out and make a movie. And you already have like a rabid fan base that's ready to become your big promoter. And by the way, because you own this NFT, you're going to be invited to the premiere in your hometown or whatever the heck it is. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's the value add. That's the utility. That's the film funding side. And, and then on. Yeah, and then yeah. on the distribution side, every time a company like Tom's company re- re-licenses the rights to different territories and different platforms, you, again, conceptually, you as the NFT holder could get a piece of that action because this technology now allows for that to where you can have um, thousands of people that own the rights to something that are getting paid because it's all automated through blockchain. Great. And Anyway, as you can tell, Tom, this stuff excites the heck out of me. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to hear more about what you're working on. I know we all are. I keep mm-hmm. teasing it, I feel like, in every podcast. Um, I, I think, you know, I think we've covered enough today. Like, like I said, if you have some questions, reach out to us. If you're a Mastermind member, um, obviously, we have the next Mastermind meeting coming up on uh, Wednesday at 8 o'clock a.m. So we can talk about this. Uh, you know, email me your questions for current Mastermind members. And for those of you interested in getting in the... Uh, inner circle uh, check out film making stuff hq and once again filmmaking stuff hq.com uh, thanks a lot for coming by tom thanks so much for nerding out with me and good mm-hmm. luck at can thank you very much thank you for listening this has been another episode of the filmmaking stuff podcast with jason brubaker if you like our show and want to get more filmmaking info make sure you check out filmmakingstuff.com and join us every week for new filmmaking tactics until next time take action and make your movie now